Hi, my name is Cade, and this is Our Lifeguard, a podcast where I talk about pretty much everything, but try and do it through the mindset of our own personal lifeguard, Jesus. This is season one, episode 20, and in this episode, I have a special surprise for you guys. So I hope you like it. Let's dive in. So today, I will be joined by my good friend, Alex Arnold, and we will be talking about biblical love. So before we get started, Alex, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so uh, first of all, I'm honored to be here. Uh, Thank you to all the listeners and to you, Cade, uh, for having me on. Well, uh, I'm just, uh, I'm not too exciting. You know, I'm an average Joe. I like to watch movies and hang out with my friends and read, uh, pray, go to church, uh, play basketball and hang out with friends, just, just normal stuff, go to school. Uh, I enjoy learning about God's Word, discussing it, um, just delving deeper into that. Uh, that's pretty much it, just, yeah. Alright, cool. So, uh, why do you think love is such an important topic? Oh, well, that's huge. I mean, mostly just because God is love, right? I mean, mm-hmm. our existence flows from God. All existence that there is, is God. Mm-hmm. Because the material universe has come from God. So for God's core character to be love, love is at the very center of existence. And so without love, there is no God. There is no life. There is no holiness. Mm-hmm. And and it says uh, in Genesis, we are created in the image of God. So we are the mirror of love, mm-hmm. and we see that reflected throughout all of creation and psychology and our lives. Don't really think I uh, could put it any better than that. I I agree with that. And mm-hmm. That's that's good. Um, how do you, or how do we first? come to understand love as people, or in your opinion, at least? Well, that's a, uh, that could mean a lot of different things, Mm -hmm. right? Because there's different versions of love, and people can define love differently, and that's really what sin is at the end of the day, just man defining what is good and what is evil, Mm -hmm. because love is good. But I think our first example of what love is or should be anyway is well when we're born right we come out of the womb and into our mother's arms and she holds us and we're born and uh our parents they play with us they take care of us and they just they comfort us they provide for us and they just love us um and that's how most people come to an understanding of love um and that's, in my opinion, why God uses that example so much of a father, because that's our first example of what love is, and that's our general, that is our core, that is our basis. Uh, unfortunately, some people had a childhood that was not exemplifying of what God's love is, and that could be really a core, a really pivotal turning point in how we see love throughout the rest of our lives. So for the people who didn't grow up like that or had a parent that was absent or just anything like that or really just like a broken home, how do you think that they can 
find love that is mm. missed by that parent. Well, that's a very general question, mm-hmm. but it has very specific answers to specific individual people. And I can't say for someone, hey, here's how we fix you. Mm -hmm. Because that's not how people work. But in general, um, first of all, that's a very difficult situation. But I would also say get in contact with your Heavenly Father. And that sounds cheesy, right? But the reason it's said so much is because He truly is our Heavenly Father. The Bible says He comforts us in the shadow of His wing. And when He takes us into that wing, we see the comfort of a father. We see someone who loves us and wants us. Um, I would also say find a community, find a good group of people, find a mentor that can and is willing to show that love. I know that I saw a, um, a story or a video a while ago of a school who had a Father's Day type thing and for the children that didn't have fathers they had men come in as examples to help them uh, show them how to tie a tie or just be there with them and uh, just encourage them and I think just finding that in society is going to be pivotal to our growth as people mm-hmm. but also without God you see that there is a loneliness in our heart that even for people that did come from good homes they'll still experience it um, you can be at a party and with around a ton of people and you'll just all of a sudden just get a feeling of of loneliness and a lot of people experience that and then it just goes away scientists have started calling it cosmic loneliness um billy graham said he believes that this is a loneliness for god that there's a there's a hole in our heart that we just can't fulfill any other way and i would agree with that i'd say that uh even with good parents and even with bad parents if we come to know God, even though that physical reflection is not there, the more we keep in mind that this world is material and um, corporeal and limited, the more understanding we have of that, the more we can grow in love for our eternity. Mm-hmm. Because when we come into eternity, there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, and we would be able to experience the Father's love fully in the way it was actually meant to be felt mm-hmm. that's good I have, I have a question going back to broken homes so when a parent figure like that leaves obviously most of the time people's views are tainted or they have trouble right. finding love or just really accepting that people actually love them so how do you think that comes into play with the being in relationship with God yeah uh, well, I think that can be extremely detrimental because human relationships are designed as reflections of God. Like I said before, marriage is, a de- is designed as a covenant. Parental figures is designed as a covenant. Um, not a covenant, I'm sorry, but as a re- godly relationship. Yeah, like Sibling, a parallel. Yeah siblings are an allegory for Jesus, our older brother. Um, I would argue that pets are also an allegory. You know, we 
in the form that we actually take a unique stance and that we are their God and we take care of them and provide for them and love them and sometimes they still like to run out the door and be disobedient but we still love them anyway so we see all these relationships throughout creation um, and some people have gone through experiences where they have gone through broken relationships and the reason for that is because we are imperfect because of original sin and selfishness selfishness because at the end of the day love is wanting what is best for somebody else mm -hmm. but original sin has distorted that in us so that it is now a love for self and for the world and so everyone's gonna have broken relationships some people worse than others I'm not denying that but everyone will have broken relationships um, in their life and I think it's important for all of us to remember like I said before just the the eternity and to be able to see even if all these people are against me God is for me and the one who created me is with me in the end and um, you see it's uh, the Bible says he who began a good work and you will be faithful to complete it so we have to understand is that God is at the beginning the middle and the end God is omnipresent with us mm -hmm. so no matter <clears throat> what your relationship with anybody looks like whether it's bad or good God's still there and right. if it's bad God wants to to change that and God wants to to turn it for good and he still loves you even if you don't feel loved right so nowadays we really live in a society that is a lot of times defined by anxiety and and depression right that's something that almost everybody struggles with nowadays yes. and i feel like a lot of times it's because of the relation whether it be relationships in the past or relationships they're in now with friends or love interests and it's just they just feel broken because those people left and if the people that I've shared my dark moments with the people that I opened up to the people that I told things about me that nobody else knows if those people left why why wouldn't God leave, right? So how do we combat that? How do we combat that that lie of the enemy? Because a lot of times we can speak truth as much as we want. Well, God God loves us, right? It says it throughout his word. God, God loves us. God's there for us. He's never going to leave us or forsake us, right? And how do we combat that, that feeling? Because it's, it's there, you know? Yeah, well, God lives in the heart of his people, and that is one of the main ways that we see God's love in our lives, is through the heart of his people. And a lot of the time when people face rejection, their, immediately, their immediate response would be, well, I'm just going to close myself off, and I'm just going to become a hermit I'm never gonna get close with anyone again and I can't trust anyone else so I'm just gonna isolate myself and I don't need anyone else I just need God because God is all I need 
no, you need what God said you needed. And God said that man, it is not good for man to be alone. And to reconcile that, um, when we, it says God will give us the desires of our heart. And that is when we put our trust in him. And that is God-given desires, uh, the desire for friends, the desire for a parent figure, the desire for romance. And a lot of the times we think, well, God will just fulfill this desire at the last at the last supper supper of the lambs and that is true he will in that way but on earth the majority of the time uh, i heard another person give this example once how does god fulfill our desire for food with food right how does god quench our thirst with water right so how does god um restore give give us uh what we need in our desires for a friend with friends right with romance with a wife or a husband and so in that way i think it's important that we don't isolate ourselves to the people god has given us in our lives that are still there and and, and it's so easy to uh amplify what has happened with one person and think that that's what everyone else thinks as well when in reality, that's very rarely true. And sometimes there are cases when, where someone really truly has no one, and, and I'll get to that. But for those who, th who just think they have no one when they really do, my advice is don't isolate yourself because God is there and God is waiting for you to come to him. And often he will do that with the console of a friend, with the, with the hug of a family member. With someone who does love you and does care for you still there. Um, and for those who do have no one. Um, well, first of all, I'd say find someone. Maybe join a new church or a small group. Second of all, I would say know that this goes back to what I've been saying. And, and I'm saying it so much because it's such a truth. Know how temporary this life is. Mm -hmm. And understand how good God's eternity is. Because we, people will say, well, life is short, so enjoy it. The afterlife is not the afterlife. The afterlife is the true life. This is the before life. We are living a life that is not complete. We're living one that's so blurry. But when we are joined with the presence of God, that is when we will experience true life. And that is where we put our hope. And so I don't need to look at how God loves me now. I can simply look at how is God going to be joined with and united with me in love later in the future and for all of eternity and in his presence permanently. And that is the hope I have. And I don't know if that provides any console to anyone else. but um, I, can, uh, I can give a testament to that where I've, uh, there's been times in my life where I've just been done. I've just wanted to isolate myself. I've just felt broken and and just done with the world and that I just want to give up on, on everybody. And then uh, and someone comes along and they encourage me. Most of the time, being you, Alex, <laughs> or you just, whether it be a night where you're just like, hey, I need to blow off some steam, mind if I preach to you or give you a devotional or just talk with you about the love of our 
Savior, Jesus, who died on the cross for you and gave up eternity for you. And you've really helped me through those through those times. And mm. I wouldn't, I honestly, probably wouldn't have got through them if I had isolated myself. Probably wouldn't have been right. here today if I isolated myself. So, yeah, that that is true. Don't don't isolate yourself. Don't be alone. It doesn't matter what people have done. There are people that love you. There, there are people that love you. And uh, so one of the ways God really shows his love to us is through creation. So how can we uh, see that love in creation? How do, how do we see that besides just being like, ah, oh, this is just a tree. I see this tree every day or, or this is just this is just my dog, right? Or these are just the people around me. These are just my friends. How do we see the love that God has for us through what he has created for us? Well, Colossians 3.14 says, And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Um, see, Paul is talking about the, the virtues of a Christian. And he says love is what binds them all in perfect unity. And when we're talking about virtue, that is what we see in creation. Because, like I said before, it's a reflection of who God is. And above all, they are binded in perfect unity. So when we're looking at what is creation, when we're examining science and we're examining relationships and examining geology and astronomy, look at how they're all binded together. Look at how gravity holds us together. Look at the ecosystem, how without lions, um, without predators, the prey... Sorry. Without plants, the herbivores can't exist. And without the herbivores, the carnivores can't exist. That is just such a truth because we are binded together in perfect unity. And we see that throughout all the world. We see that um, in all of God's creation. And that is us. We're, we're binded together in the trinities of the body, mind, and spirit. And we see God with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And, and if you look through all creation, you see gravity um, just holding the world together. And so everything God does is through unity. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's uh, redwood trees. Redwood trees. They're these super huge trees. And all the all the redwood trees, all their like roots, uh, are like combined. So when there's a fire, if a tree's lacking water, they can get water from other trees, and so they uh, sustain off off each other. Pretty sure that's correct. Um, but they uh, all the roots are intertwined, and if they were by themselves, they would they would die. And I feel like this is an example of the people around us is. Again, we, if we are isolated, the fire, it'll, it'll burn us up. Or if we're alone, the fire, it'll burn us up. Whereas if we have people around us that can pour into us and show us the love of our everlasting Father, we can be built up and that fire doesn't seem as big anymore and we're not in it alone anymore, right? There's, there's another in the fire. But how do we know what, what isn't love? How do we determine what is love and what isn't love? How do we find that distinction? Well, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, um, 
Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. See, we're all born with a natural law, a part of us. And we all have a certain longing for true love. Um, we all have good desires. But these desires have been distorted by original sin, and it is not. And so they're all weighing a certain way. They all are pulled certain ways. And it is not until we experience the love of God that our, those desires are fully pulled towards their completion. And so we know what is true love by is this love fulfilling? Mm. And that is the true love of God. Does this love satisfy me, or do I need more? Am I content with the love that I have, or am I still desperate? Am I still alone? What about the loves that satisfy you for a little bit, and they feel like they're right? How do you? Well, that would also be a distortion. Mm -hmm. So we look at, say, pornography, for example, mm -hmm. which is a distortion of the covenant between a man and a woman, married man and a woman. And we see a love that satisfies the flesh. You know, um, Psalm 82 says, God presides in the great assembly. He renders judgment among the gods, quote-unquote. The uh, gods in the Hebrew refers to the Elohim, um, basically all spiritual beings. How long will you defend the unjust and sow partiality to the wicked? He says to them. Defend the weak and the fatherless. He tries to command. Uphold the cause of the poor and the oppressed. Rescue the weak and the needy. Deliver them from the hand of the wicked. The gods, quote-unquote, know nothing. They understand nothing. They walk about in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are shaken. I said, you are gods. You are all sons of the Most High, but you will die like mere mortals. You will fall like every other ruler. Rise up, O oh God, capital G. Judge the earth, for all the nations are your inheritance. So what we see here is God is not talking about mortal men when, it's, quote, when the psalmist is quoting God. He is talking about the demonic forces of this world. And so we know that the world's values are wicked because those who judge the world are wicked. We can see that the world has wrong values because we can see who judges it. Mm -hmm. We can see in this world who says what is right and wrong. We see um, bad things happening to good people. We see horrific things. We see unlove. We see... Uh, just horrid awfulness so therefore any time that are we're not focused on god our relationships most of the time will fail they will be on set on broken things they will be not fulfilling yes yeah. the things of this world the values of this world have, be set, have been set by the demonic forces mm -hmm. that have been given control over it for the temporary time and so when we look at the things that temporarily satisfy, we have to understand, once again, 
this world is temporary and we're looking at a dying earth when we should be looking forward to what is eternally satisfying and what is eternally loving and what is really truly good. See, the demons judge the earth, but God judges the universe. And so I ask and I plead with whoever's listening, set your values on the things above, mm-hmm. not on the things below. Yeah, that's good. So knowing what love is and what love isn't and what defines love, how how do we love? How do we love others? How do we show love to other people in the dying and broken world? Well, 1 Corinthians sixteen fourteen says, do everything in love. And that means, I mean, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. So in every action, do it with the source of love don't do nothing with grumbling or arguing as paul says but do everything with love do everything in love whenever you are just walking to the store and you see someone who might need help or just might need a smile give them a smile um pay for the person's meal ahead of you give that person a hug walk up to that person just be Positive. Talk about positive things. Be a source of love in somebody else's life. And these small things make such a big difference to other people. We feel stupid doing them because we're not rooted. When we become a child of God, we're no longer rooted in the values of the world. Mm-hmm. And so when we do things outside of the values of the world that we live in we feel weird naturally because we're of a different world so we are to do the things that God calls us to do and that is to be loving never never scream unless it's absolutely necessary never be harsh unless it's necessary be loving be forgiving every rebuke every conviction you give give it with the purpose of winning that person not winning that argument Mm -hmm serve others selflessly not expecting anything back um just be love mm-hmm. i think a lot of times when we go to do those things one of the reasons we feel weird like you said is because we're of of we're in this world but we we're of another world and a lot of the times because we're trying to do things of the other world the world that we're actually from heaven and with with god with with jesus a lot of times we'll feel weird because the enemy doesn't want us to do those things he wants us to be of the world that the he's in the world that that he has a hand on he's the the enemy is the prince of this world like alex said earlier the demons they judge this world and so whenever we go to do something of where we're truly from we do go to do something of of god and and for god and love people like god loves exactly we will feel weird because they don't want us to do those things. Right. And in doing those things, most of the times, we will be transformed. We will die to our flesh, and we, will, our spirit will be more in control than our flesh is in those moments. And later, it will be easier for us to say no to the things of this world. So why, why, why should we love? Why, why should we love people? Why should we love these things? Why should, why should we lo- love God? Well, 1 John 
uh, says we love because he first loved us. Mm-hmm. And so we love others out of a love for God, primarily. Mm-hmm. Assuming somebody's a Christian already. We love others because he first loved us, because he has shown us grace. And we've been given a compassion for other people that we want them to experience that same grace, that same power, that same freedom, and that same love. And one of the marks of a false convert is, First uh, John also says, if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So I think of the illustration I heard of, let's say, there's a man who hasn't been going to church for years, and his pastor a new one, he goes to the man's house, and he knocks on his door, and he says, come in, and the pastor comes in, and he says, I, I, I hear that you haven't been in church for a past few years, and, and the man goes, yeah, you're right, I mean, I know, I, it's just, it's just hard, I just don't like waking up that early, it's just, but, but you're right, you're right, I should be, and then the man says, the pastor says, well, I hear you've been sleeping around and have been unfaithful to your wife and the man goes yes yes i know it's 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 just so hard because i just love um just expressing myself and and feeling the love of other women but but you're right you're right i should i should be faithful and i i'm sorry i should repent and and then he comes back to church that sunday and then everyone says, oh, praise God, the sheep has returned. But in reality, that's not a lost sheep. That's a wolf in disguise. Because that is someone who is not loving God out of a love for God. That is a man loving God out of obligation. Do you... Christianity is not doing the things you hate because you have to. And avoiding doing the things you love because they're wrong. Christianity is being saved out of our flesh and grow and a sanctification this is what sanctification is it's a growth in holiness and a growth in holiness is growing in loving what God loves and hating what God hates God puts that in you by his spirit and it doesn't it's not complete until uh, we are glorified on the day of judgment but we do grow in it. And so I ask, when I ask you to I, um, identify your salvation, do you love what God loves? And do you hate what God hates? For anyone who's struggling with sin, I just ask that you really reflect and ask yourself, do I love this more than I love God? Mm-hmm. And is that why I'm doing this? It's good. And as you grow more in that, as you grow more in love for God and more in hatred for sin, that's where freedom comes. Um, yeah, that's good. Well, uh, I don't have any more questions. I really enjoyed having you, and I really enjoyed talking with you about our Lord and Savior Jesus. Likewise. I, uh, I really hope that you're able to come on the show again and talk about God again. He's uh-huh. infinite, and we have infinite things to talk about, so hopefully this podcast yeah. will go on for a while. Yeah, me too. Maybe we'll have two microphones next time. <laughs> not just my phone. Yeah, not yeah. just your phone. Yep. But, right. yeah. Thanks, thanks again, Alex. Thanks for, thanks for joining us. All right, that was fantastic. Thank you.
Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed and were able to get something out of it. I hope that you just realized how much God loves you and how just unfulfilling the love of the world is. Again, I just, I'm really thankful that I have friends who are willing to, to come on and put their face close to my phone and just talk about God. It, it really means, it means so much. Uh, I'd love to hear what you guys thought, what you liked, what you didn't. Uh, any critiques or criticisms, you can DM me on Instagram at KTheLifeGuard. You can also follow Alex on Insta- Instagram at AlexArnold. Uh, he posts about cows and, and doors and, uh, and cows. Anyways, I, uh, I hope to see you next week for another episode. Bye.